Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This is a 1% podcast with me, Cooper Chapman. Less than 1% of your day, once a week. A place to spark curiosity around topics you think you already know. And also bring light to the good humans involved in the 1% Good Club. Wellbeing accountability groups dedicating 1% of their day to their mental health. Hello to all of you good humans out there and welcome back to another episode of the 1% Podcast. My little place where I chat about the incredible people in the 1% Good Club and also... Yeah, share a little topic or something interesting that's happening. Today we do have a special guest jumping on with me, Alex Hayes. He'll be up very shortly. But first, I need to tell you guys all about our incredible sponsor, Arepa. Arepa is a brain function drink, and it's something that I've been speaking about quite a lot recently. So today, as I have been the last couple of weeks, I'm going to give you a few brain facts. The brain contains 100 trillion connections, more than a thousand times the number of stars in the galaxy, and active ingredients in Arepa have been shown to help increase the connectivity in the brain, and also consumption of Arepa helps clear cortisol from the brain, similar to the effects of mindfulness and meditation practices. So if you do want to check out Arepa, I highly encourage you to head over to drinkarepa.com and use the code GOODHUMAN. You'll get a massive 25% off. This is a product I truly believe in and I'm a huge fan of. So head to the show notes or type in drinkarepa.com and yeah, get involved with the brain drink that's changing the world. On to today's episode, the 1% Club has continued to grow. It blows my mind every single week, the amount of people writing in gratitudes and dedicating just 1% of their day to their mental health. If you do want to get involved, make sure you send at the Good Human Factory a direct message on Instagram. The groups are completely free. There's over 900 members now, yeah, giving 1% of their day to their mental health. So a few stats from this week. This week, we had 2,229 gratitudes written in. It just continues to amaze me the amount of people dedicating some time to their mental health and yeah i know the effects of gratitude hopefully you do as well and yeah get involved with the group so 2229 gratitudes written in this week and the top group was group number nine group number nine's on fire with 219 gratitudes written in so congrats group nine and yeah we'll see you can catch up next week and as i do every single week i'm going to read out a few of the gratitudes that stood out to me so First one, we have Jacob from group number 19. Number one, a friend reached out to me when they needed help with a work thing and I was very grateful they reached out. Number two, got a skin check and the doctor wasn't concerned with anything. And number three, I thought I'd failed wrapping a weird size package, but turns out it was nothing a roll of tape couldn't fix. Oh, if it can't be fixed by duct tape, it can't be fixed, I always say, when I used to be a tradie. Nah, terrible, terrible advice, but a bit of tape always helps. But I love your first one there, Jacob. Being grateful that a friend reached out to you is something that hopefully people listening might realize that people enjoy when you go to them for help. So if you're struggling with something, reach out to someone. It can have a massive impact. And yeah, a 
problem shared is a problem halved. So make sure you reach out when you need hand with something. Good on you, Jacob, from group number 19. Next, we have group number 23, Bridget. Number one, snorkeling over the Great Barrier Reef today. Number two, I had a moment today where I realized that sometimes we take our physical abilities for granted and don't realize how much we rely on our legs to walk and climb upstairs. Today, I was so grateful to freely move and have fun. And number three, anti-nausea medication to help me with seasickness. Love that, Bridget. It's so important, yeah, to show gratitude for the things that we do take for granted sometimes. Those small little things like our ability to move our body for those of us who are completely able-bodied. Yeah, it is important to take a moment to reflect. So if you're sitting in the car right now or you're doing whatever you're doing to listen to this podcast, take a moment and yeah, take a second to reflect on how lucky you are. I always like to think it's funny when you have a blocked nose and you go, oh, I wish nothing more than having not a blocked nose. So if you could a clear nose and no sickness right now. Take a moment and be grateful for that. So good on you, Bridget. That's a really nice little gratitude for us to be reminded by. Next, we have group number nine, Maddie. Number one, ocean swim was amazing today. The water was fresh and always takes me ages to warm up, but the best feeling and happy vibes afterwards. Number two, chats with my bro in the sunrise. And number three, walk with two of my oldest friends catching up on life. On life. That's such a good one, Maddie. Ocean swims is something that I always try and do obviously being a surfer i know the benefits we get from salt water but then also it sounds like the water was quite cold which there's so many benefits behind that too and getting out of your comfort zone is so important so if you can get in some cold water today flick the shower over to cold get involved doing that so many benefits make sure you check out wim hof as well his breathing techniques are so so powerful and can have a massive change so yeah, if you haven't heard of Wim Hof before, make sure you type him in on Google or Instagram and check out his breathing techniques. And yeah, it really helps with that cold therapy. So good on you, Maddie. And the last one today is from T in group number 15. Number one, I did something big for myself today and the sense of achievement was euphoric. I got my ass out on the lake and had my first rowing session. I was very proud. It turns out I'm not too bad either. Number two, a vegan chocolate sorbet. And number three, early night on a Saturday, ready for a mega run in the morning. Good on your tea. Getting out of your comfort zone is such a thing that people are avoidant of. And that's what I'm going to talk about in today's little topic with my special guest, Alex Hayes, who is sitting next to me right now. Mate, how you going? Stoked to be here. This is, it's been a while since I've jumped on a podcast and just spoke freely. And when you asked me about 20 minutes ago, I was like, yeah, why not? Let's do it. <laughs> Get out of my comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we obviously are best mates. You've been on Good Humans Guest podcast before. Mm. I think you were back way back guest number 10. So it's nice to get you back on here chatting. A lot's changed in life. But what I wanted to chat to you today about was just a pretty specific topic. And that's about overcoming fear. And the last week we just went down to the snow at Threadbow and um, Perisher and spent a few days snowboarding with the Good Human Factor actually um, doing some work down there. I did a workshop, which was really cool. And we hung out with Maddie Cox and Benny Tardhope, both guests on this podcast, but also Good Human Ambassadors like yourself. So yeah, how's your weekend? Weekends, the weekend was epic. I'm feeling like super euphoric after such a fun time. And it's funny because the snow trip was so spontaneous and I'd actually been battling um, just some little small injuries that aren't really bad enough to like, you can't really do anything about it other than just, you know, keep the training up and um, wait for time to heal. And when this trip came up, I was super stoked because I wanted to snowboard with you, obviously. So then we could be the competitive people that we are. 
But um, I decided to ski, and the thing that I was most scared about skiing was although I thought I would fall less, I knew that the the thing that's been playing in my mind for about three years now since the last time I skied was that I was probably going to try a double backflip if the opportunity arose. And so approaching this trip, it was super bittersweet. It was like, I can't wait to go to the snow, hang out with my friends and obviously watch your workshop, which is on another note, so, so inspiring. And I feel like that was such a catalyst in, in my mindset to it, being able to approach the next days of trying to push myself. And yeah, just getting there and hanging out with all the crew and the inspiring people around. It was just a magical weekend. Then the Sunday came around. The Saturday we kind of filmed and did a bunch of stuff. You were riding skis. We had some awesome friends there with us sort of giving some tips and inside scoop on the snow. And then the Sunday came around. The weather was perfect. You couldn't ask for a better day condition-wise to go for the double backflip. And you fell three years ago and hadn't been on skis for three years. Um, trying that trick, you got concussed. How did you approach Sunday? Because we were riding around the mountain and you're like, I have to try it today. And then we got to Front Valley at Perisher where you were going to try the jump. And I we went up the T-bar and we were looking at it and I was like, there's no way he's going to do it. Like this is, there's a difference between like, you have this like crazy mindset to just push yourself and challenge yourself but looking at the jumps at front valley i was kind of like there's like stepping out of your comfort zone and then there's things that you need to train for and you need to have the skill set which you obviously do but let's face it after not skiing for a few years you're going down the mountain and falling sometimes 100 <laughs> percent. and i think that's that was the most humbling experience from it was day one was the, the first day on skis and feeling completely out of rhythm and and just feeling like an absolute kook. And um, that was a bit of a mental hurdle because obviously I had this big dream. And so that was actually a big moment for me to take it back and to take a lot of steps back and just focus on the good times, the moments and the, the fundamentals of just skiing. And just like, I felt like my ego was too attached to pushing it so hard that I forgot to take the minor steps that I needed to take to just get back in, into that rhythm and mm. flow. And the, um, the funny thing was we were at Threadbow on, on Friday, Saturday, and there was no intention of going to Perisher. And there is, n- there is no jumps at Threadbow that can actually allow you to do a big jump, like no, no possibility of doing a double backflip anywhere. So that was kind of my safety blanket. <laughs> I was super stoked to at least just have a fun few days. And then when the conversation of going to Perisher on Sunday began, I was like, oh, shit, like this is probably going to happen. Like the stars are kind of aligning. And, um, yeah, Sunday, you know, we woke up and the night before we had our compression legs on and we're hanging out with Benny Todd Hope, the legend, and things were just in a really nice, relaxing way. And the moments just felt so natural that I was just happy and present. And, um, when Sunday came, the, the sky was completely blue. The snow was epic. And, um, although I had Sunday morning, probably the biggest stack I've had in a long time, we, we went down the second run of the day, the Olympic run. And I just went over this crazy thing of ice and I fell for like 40 meters of just sliding down and our mate saw it and he thought that I was like knocked out. <laughs> it was such a rattling experience and had to pick myself up after that. And it was all laughable and like I was, I was not too hurt or anything, but to try reset my mind into still thinking that I needed to do this double backflip because I was so determined and I was so set in doing it. Um, the biggest challenge was to not think about it 
as much as uh, as much as I tried to not think about it, you know, it's still always there. But I was just silencing the the voices and just being present and um, enjoying the moment for what it was. Because um, a friend of mine told me once before DJing, actually, like a, a couple months ago, I always get really nervous before I DJ. And he goes, "You're worrying about a moment that hasn't happened yet, and you just got to back yourself that you know that." whenever that moment comes, you're going to react accordingly and you're going to, you know, your flow and your talent and your skills are going to come out because you've worked to this. And so taking that mindset into action sports is something, you know, I try to get better at. And yeah, we're on the other side of the mountain and we had an hour and a half till we had to go because we all had half day passes. And with the time limit on something like this, it's quite overwhelming because you don't want to rush it. I didn't want to rush it at all. I didn't want to attempt this flip without feeling 100% confident that I could do it. And although I could visualize it in my head 100 times and have like the vision that I landed it and I had this idea that I was celebrating at the bottom and I did it and I was just like playing that over and over in my head but then it hadn't been done yet so it was like fuck, <laughs> like holy shit I actually have to do it. <laughs> and when, when we got to the top and having Matt, Matty Cox just come out of nowhere because I was alone like I was with uh, obviously Cooper and Bray and, and Faz but they're snowboarders and they're not sending the big jumps so to be around people that like do that as a living and can actually push me in the right direction like Maddie and him just coming out of nowhere I was like oh like it's another aligning moment with the stars that this is I'm one step closer to actually doing this yeah and for anyone listening Maddie Cox um, was a previous guest he's a good human factory ambassador and he's um, a professional snowboarder. He went to the Olympics for slope style and also big air. So he has great awareness of how to hit the jump, the speed to hit the jump. And he also got to film Alex trying it so he could get direct feedback from somebody who understands it. So like all well and good myself and our little crew was there to support, but we couldn't understand what he was trying to do. So yeah, what was that next stage like when you're at the top of the mountain, you're like, I've never done a double backflip before, completed a double backflip on skis. The jumps are huge at Front Valley, like bigger than any jump that you probably ever hit before. And then you're trying a double backflip because like watching you do it, the comfortability you have in the air is incredible for someone who doesn't ski regularly. Like this is your first time on skis in three years. So what was it like for you once you kind of dropped in and tried that? first jump over the jump but then talk us through what was going through your head that first time you're dropping in and knowing all right I'm about to try a double backflip on a 50 foot jump yeah it's crazy I, I think um having Maddie there to break it down to me was really really helpful like because I had all these thoughts like what I you know speed um flip like do I go fast on the first flip and slow on the second flip like all these I, I all these um moments that I was trying to control in my head before it was happening and to have him to say like, do this, do that. And just, just, just go simplify. and go. Yes. Yeah, just simplify it. So, so much. And then right before dropping down the first time, I see um, Valentino, who's also another incredible athlete. I think one of the, one of the best in the world or Olympic gold yeah, medalist. Valentino I, Giselli, who's, um, I think he got six in the Olympics. He's yeah. like a 17 year old Aussie kid. Who's a phenom. He's an absolute, legendary. absolute legend too. Such a good guy. And, he um, was at the top and um, Maddie goes to him, Alex is going to try a double backflip. And <laughs> he kind of stutters and he's like, oh, what, what, what? <laughs> and I was like, any tips? And he goes, just commit, bro. And, and having that, like, seeing him see me and know that I was going to do it and then him just give that little piece of advice, just, just commit. Just like, you got it. Like, just commit. I was like, fuck it. And then I just sent it. 
as soon as I started building speed on that first jump, I actually had a lot, I had too, way too much speed. It's like I was too excited. It's like the decision was made. I knew I was doing it. So I was going to send it. And so I overshot the first one massively and I had a pretty big stack. But um, lucky for me, the most um, positive thing from that stack was that I could see the ground and I landed in a safe way and I didn't hurt myself. And having that aerial awareness understanding made me get right back up and go to the next jump. And on the next jump, I under-rotated. So the first one I over-rotated, the second one I under-rotated. Two completely different, like mental um humps that had to try to get over but it was also perfect because i was like right, third one i got it I've, you know i've made one mistake on this side of the scale one mistake on the other side of the scale so take what i've learned from both experiences and take it to the next one and it was really hard because i was in so much pain and I, I felt the adrenaline rushing through my body so hard i didn't really know if i'd hurt myself or not but i just had to keep going and I wasn't going to just stop there, you know, limping out without actually achieving my goal. And the really cool thing as well about, um, you know, having, I ended up having four attempts on this in the fourth when I landed, but Matt, Matt Cox was every time before going like at the top of the T-bar, we had a little routine where he goes, all right, Alex, do deep breaths. And so I'd do three deep breaths, look at the sky and have this um, moment of gratitude for what was actually happening. And then f- from that, he would see when I'd, you know, like 30, 40 seconds later, or even like a minute, he'd be like, all right, how are you feeling? And if I didn't respond in a way that he felt I was confident, he'd be like, all right, do it again. So I did three, di- three deep breaths again before the third one. And he goes, how are you feeling? And I'm like, and I actually felt really fucking good. And I'm like, I feel amazing. Like I'm ready. Like let's, let's go. Like I could, I was jumping out of my skin and he goes, all right, I'm on your time. You go when you go. And I went straight away and, and did it. And I like 80% landed the, the third one and I had the mental click. I'm like, ah, sick. I'm like I've done it. I'm just going to go do it again and land it. So we do the same routine the same, um, three breaths at the top. I'm freaking out as well. Like I'm like, this isn't, I might not be saying it in a way that, um, makes it, Hard to articulate. Hard to articulate because I'm still, I'm, it's day three of it and I've watched this clip a million times and I like still haven't clicked in my head that it's actually really done. But I was really terrified, hey, like it, having all the variables of not skiing for three years, I'm on rental skis that like are, are 15 centimeters too small than my normal size because I just, I'm always getting rental skis. I've never had my own, my own equipment and all these variables that, were kind of dragging me down with the confidence of being able to, to do it, but to completely overlook them and have that confidence inside myself because I knew I could do it. But, you know, we always say we can do a lot of things and the reality sets in of, like, life's obstacles. But to completely be delusional in a sense that I knew I could do it and keep going was what actually brought me to that success of completing it. And... Yeah, I'm, I'm just still on, on such a high that it's done and landing that fourth one and actually landing it. My goal was to land it as if it was in a competition and it was a success, you know, not like a not complete. Um, Cooper would know that in, in the surf world. Um, and, and landing it, I just fucking cried, man. Like it was it was such a special moment because it was it was like turning the tap on for a lot of emotions over the past six months for for many things that like I wanted to do and might not have completed it or like things that might have 
been, you know, setbacks, but, you know, they put me in that moment to really move forward. So all these little things that were just released in that moment, it was like, it was elating and, and it was a really special moment. And yeah. Yeah. It's a crazy story. Getting, like getting to watch it and watch the process of the whole day from going up chairlifts with you being like, Oh, is he going to do it? Like I felt nervous for you and like, I could feel it. I could feel that, man. I and, and the thing was, like, all of us, like, privately were going, like, oh, I don't know if we should tell him not to do this because, like, there's, like, death is on the cards there. Like, there's, like, bad injuries and, like, you know what I mean? Like, life-changing injuries that come from the mm. jump that you were trying to do. But and I was thinking that. Watching your process of, for one, having people around you who are confident enough in your ability, but, like maybe could have I was like am I letting him like walk into a really bad injury right now and I'm not saying stuff but I knew the people around you from Maddie to Spencer Barnes to a few people like I had complete faith but I was also like so scared for you but this thing that I take out of that story is that preparation creates confidence and also like the act of confidence is going to come before the feeling like mm. you knew you're capable of it you just have to drop in do what's focus on the task rather than the outcome and watching like your process of focusing on, all right, I need to drop in. I need to do the first flip, spot the second flip, land. Like you can do it, but the fear is what holds a lot of people back. But the way you talk about it, it's like you focus on the process rather than the outcome. Exactly. Yeah, and I think what you said there is so so precious. Is um f- not focusing on the outcome, but just focusing on the process. It's like there's no point fearing the tenth step if you haven't even taken the first one. So it's mm. like you're just focusing on that step by step process, and every step you gain more momentum and confidence and just becomes a little bit more real. And I, I also think um, the, fir- the like when I first got to that Front Valley Terrain Park and I was wigging, I was like, oh shit, like all I had was double backflip, double backflip in my head. That's the only thing I was thinking about. I was hyper obsessing over it. I didn't even think to like hit the jump straight away first just to see my speed or anything, but to have Matt be like, no, no, no well, hang on, like mm. just do a jump, do the jump. And then I felt good. I was like, okay, sick. And then he goes, just do a single backflip. So I was like, okay, did a single backflip. And landing that first single backflip was like, oh yeah, I got this. Like I felt it. There was a moment in my head. I was like, I actually have this, but I did another second backflip um, just to get that extra bit of like, yep, I, my aerial, aerial awareness is on point. And just that slow build of momentum that actually helped me approach the big moment that, you know, the 10th step for the, for the metaphor. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Like watching that day was really cool. I am going to leave um, a link to the, uh, video you made from that day in the show notes I'll probably make some content out of this little excerpt anyway with mm. some footage of you doing it because it's spectacular for someone who's not a pro skier or not even a frequent skier to be able to pull off a double backflip at Front Valley is phenomenal so you should be super proud but I guess the last thing I'll ask you is what tips do you have or like what's your one bit of advice for someone who's really fearful of trying something new or something that's dangerous or something that's yeah difficult Man, it's really, it's really hard because fear is such a blessing as well. Like if there's no fear, there's no hump to get over, you know? So there needs to be fear for things that, um, that you can approach. Otherwise you're not going to have that feeling of accomplishment after it, no matter how big or small. And I also just think that we are all so much more capable of things than we currently believe because of so many things in life. But just to give it a fucking red hot crack and like I'm like I've had a few friends um you know pass away and and also like currently have a friend in a coma right now and it's like understanding how precious life is 
and not, you know, I just don't want to leave shit on the table and I don't think anyone should leave shit on the table. Like you don't want to regret not doing something because of a little bit of fear. And I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, lo- I'm honestly lost for words right yeah, now. It's, it's like, it's been cool watching like the drive home, even from the snow, like, you cocooned up in the back, not driving at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but thanks. watching your clips and um, nursing your minor injuries from your stacks. But yeah, man, ho- I'm sure people will get something out of this story. I'm going to leave some stuff for people to go check it out. It's been cool getting to have a chat with you. We'll get you back on for a good humans guest episode too um, soon. Second, sort of catch up with what's going on in life. But yeah, man, thanks for jumping on. One percent pod. Fuck, thanks for having me. I'm stoked. I'll be putting up a... I'm just going to give a little plug. I'll be putting up probably like an extended video for, on YouTube from that whole experience, Snow Weekend, mixed with all Cooper's Good Human Factory um, ambassador footage. It's going to be really cool. Yeah, so go follow Alex on Instagram. I'll leave that in the show notes and whatnot. Um, and keep an eye out for the extended version of, yeah, what went down that day. This episode will be out well and truly before that, I think, because we're yeah. recording and this is coming out tomorrow. But yeah, thanks, bro. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right, on to the rest of this episode. Uh, so coming up this Friday, we have Olivia Arizolo. Um, she is such a legend. She's Australia's number one sleep expert. We had a phenomenal conversation a few weeks back talking about all things sleep, how we can improve our sleep, good sleep habits. But what also fascinated me was Olivia's story. We got to know her story a bit more about um, eating disorders and understanding why sleep became such an important part of her routine and yeah, the challenges that she's continually going through in life, just like all of us. And she's very open to sharing that. So listen to this quick little excerpt and I'll be back in a second. The routine is step one, block out blue light, of course. Um, step two is to take lavender oil capsules. Um, the reason I love lavender oil capsules is because they've been found in clinical trials to reduce anxiety by 45% and to in- increase sleep quality by 59% which is super powerful. Step three is to disconnect from tech one hour before bed. Um, Remember that's, yeah, all screen, say goodnight to. Um, Step four is to have a shower. Having a shower helps your body naturally produce more melatonin because when your body drops in core body temperature, when you get out of a warm shower into a cool bathroom, this is a signal for melatonin synthesis. Step five is to have a magnesium-based sleep supplement. This can reduce anxiety by 31%, which can also assist in less evening wake-ups and a greater ability to fall asleep. Step six is to read. Reading is has been found to reduce stress by 68% in starting in six minutes. And number seven is to use an eye mask throughout night because that prevents that all important light coming through so that was olivia make sure you tune into that one on friday this episode has obviously been a bit longer than usual so i'm going to pull this one up here thanks so much for tuning in if you are enjoying the episodes please tag us on your instagram story tag good humans pod um myself cooper chapman if you enjoyed today's episode tag at alex hayes as well let him know that you enjoyed his story make sure you hit five stars on spotify and apple leave us a review over on apple and yeah make sure you tell all your friends about it subscribe and i'll see you guys on when on friday planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.